look at your handout, if you would, today. Two or three weeks ago, I did an exposition of Ephesians 4, and in particular, 29. And last week, we took a a break, and we went to um, Psalm 110, or 100, excuse me. And so today, we're going to return to the uh, area of God's ideal in communication. And uh, I would like you to look at a couple of places first before we jump into this handout. It's definitely topical. It's really going to be a review of everything we've talked about. And I've given you some verses, but you could add a multitude of more under this that we're going to cover, but primarily from Proverbs. So we've looked deeply at Proverbs. Now we're going to try to put these in um, a systematic way that I think will be very helpful for you. Uh, This isn't new with me. I've added it through the years, but I think the very first time I heard it was right here from the pulpit of Timberlake Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Greg Huffman, probably 35 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing and have used it and refined it so many times. It's been such a blessing. Usually use this in premarital counseling, and I think it will, um, it will encourage you today. But before we jump into that, look at Philippians chapter 4, just for a moment, if you would. Philippians chapter 4, a verse that you're very familiar with, but I want us to look at it one more time. Because when we, when we think about communication, when we think about our words or our tongue or whatever it is, we have said and well-established, reminding ourselves all the way through, that what we, what we think or what's in our heart or what's in our mind, the, the inner person is what comes out of our mouth and that word problems are, in essence, what kind of problems? They're heart problems. They're heart problems. And so this is just a marvelous reminder and a marvelous list. If you were to take a, a list and you want to put it on a mirror, put it on a dashboard of your car, put it someplace in your office, Philippians 4.8 is a great checklist. It's a checklist for a couple of purposes. It's certainly a, a checklist on what I'm going to think. Now, before I read this list, consider for a minute, what do I think about? Well, I think about what I feed on, don't I? I think about what I feed on. And if I, if I feed on garbage, what am I going to think about? Garbage. If I, if I think about on negative things, my thinking is going to be negative. If, if, if I think about lies, or how about scary things? How about if I spend too much time watching the news and how the world is one step away from coming to an end? The economy is about ready to be destroyed. The stock market's going to crash. We're not going to have any more power. The banks are all going to close. Have you heard any of that in the last few days? Uh, If I spend enough time doing that, I run around full of what? Fear. Why do I? Because that's what I'm thinking about. And yet God has given us a book. And we can immerse ourselves in this book and we can begin to think God's thoughts after him and in the most difficult days be stable. And our words can be edifying and helpful because we've got our heart right. And so this is just a great list. So just look at it from that standpoint. A list thinking about 
asking yourself, am I thinking about these things? Am I putting these things continuously in my mind so that they're in my heart? So whatever my situation is in my communications, and by the way, almost all communications involve relationships of one kind or another, right? And so it impacts all of my relationships, how I communicate, and that's impacted by what I'm putting into my mind. And here's, here's the list that God gives us through the Apostle Paul. He says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good repute, whatever is anything excellent or anything worthy of praise, dwell, meditate, think on these things. Uh, This really hit me because I have series radio. That's what I choose. That's uh, you know for, for me. I I I love series radio because of all the choices and in the different seasons you can select things. And I was I was listening to um, one of their holiday carol seasons. And I, I'll confess this crime to you. I was actually doing that before Thanksgiving. Yes, I listened to I listened to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Um, but it was a mix. And in that mix was a, was a lot of junk. And, and it wasn't long as I'm going down the road, I, I, I started thinking all, all that junk was, was in my mind. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. You know, I, and, and rather than thinking about joy to the world, Christ has come, I'm thinking about that junk. And I repented. I repented right there. I, I, I caught it. I saw, listen, you're feeding yourself with junk. I'm not telling you all music. Yeah, I, you know, you, you can't help it. We live in the world. But, but you can filter and yet can control. And so I thought, well, I, I know at this time of year they want to keep us customers. There's a gazillion series channels with Christmas music. And I found um, Christmas traditional. Okay, now listen, that, that's not 100% pure and it's not 100% Christian. But it was, it was so much better. Now, now I was listening to, oh, come all ye faithful. Um, and, but that's an example of what I'm talking about. We have to catch ourselves, don't we? Because it's just so easy to feed ourselves with junk, and we don't even think about it. We don't even think about it. And it does impact our heart, which impacts the wisdom that we have and how we conduct ourselves in this present world. Are you with me with that? So that's the number one place I wanted you to turn. Number one, two place I want you to turn is back to Proverbs. We've been here a lot, but Proverbs 15. I'm going to say this before I say Proverbs 15. You're coming up on a new year and a new opportunity for some spiritual discipline resets. I would encourage you, I'm reading through Proverbs this month. It will be the second time this year I've read through Proverbs. I've read through Psalms this year two times, and I've read through the Old Testament this year. And So that was my spiritual accomplishment. It will uh, discipline. It'll be, it'll be done here in th- three more days or whatever it is, and then December is um, clear for me, um, probably to soak myself in Esther, I'm guessing. But anyhow... Um, and, and so you have disciplines, too. You have a plan. If you don't, you should. You should have a plan. 
Um, I, I'm, how are you going to use that time? How are you going to grow in grace? How are you going to take the whole counsel of the Word of God in? Proverbs, for a year, would take you about 15 minutes a day. You read it once a month. Next month, read it again. And then if you want to, in each one of those months, you could take, in particular, something that is a struggle to you or you want to know more about and use that as the theme that I'm looking for in the Proverbs. And if you were to take the whole area of tongue, communication, words, and just work through Proverbs on how much instruction there is in Proverbs about communication, it will absolutely blow you away. It is amazing. And yet, so often we're hurting people with our words, we're using words we should never use, and, and we're oblivious to it. And, and, and right here we have a treasure. We have a treasure. Well, Proverbs 15 is a, is a treasure. And look at verse 28. It says, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. The heart of the righteous ponders how I'm going to respond to life situations before I open my mouth. The heart of the righteous wants to respond like Paul said in Philippians 4, 8, with these kind of virtues, because that's how a righteous person talks and speaks and responds in every situation. Does that make sense? And so that's what um, our lesson is going to be today. I'm going to try to help us, if you will, um, do better when it comes to responding to different situations or questions that we find ourselves in. According to the um, Dictionary of American Proverbs, there are many variations to this rule. Think before you speak. You've heard that, right? Think before you speak. Well, in that dictionary, it gives a whole other list that are sort of variations of that. Think before you leap. Think twice and say nothing. You can think what you like, but don't say it. Think before you speak, but don't speak all that you think. I mean, there's all of those proverbs that, that are, you know, they're cute and they're nice saying, but God has given us a book that are exact, they're quick, they're powerful, they're sharper than any two-edged sword that, that we, can, we can answer. And life is full of answering questions. The life of the Lord Jesus in just the last week on how he answered questions is an amazing study. Uh, the life of the Lord Jesus and how he answered questions all the way through his ministry is, a, is an amazing study. Uh, one of the first questions that we have um, recorded to him was his, his parents pretty upset with him. Do you remember that? Um, where were you? Did, didn't you know we would be worried about you? Do you remember what Jesus' answer to that was? It was very respectful and it was very kind, but he said, did you not know I would be busy about my father's business? Um, how we respond is so important, and this book is full of information to help us to know how to respond right to questions. So I've, I've taken this little sheet here, just six questions, some of them are a couple, and I just want to talk through questions and how we might respond, and really it's a review of everything we've already talked about, but I think you'll find it helpful 
I guess we would say it's some great questions to ask before you speak. They're very practical help, and they'll, and they'll help in almost every relationship and in almost all communication. So if you have insights as we go along, raise your hand, stop me. Um, we don't have to be in any hurry. There should be plenty of time here. So the first one is when all of a sudden I find myself in a situation before I respond, I should say, is it really true um, do I have all the facts uh, uh, before I respond to something? And, and again, this, the scriptures are, are full of this. Uh, we, we certainly need wisdom in this area as parents, don't we? Uh, children come to us and they, they tell us something really quick. Uh, and the first thing you ought to ask yourself is, is it really true? Um, do I really have all the facts? Um, and I, I put some places here... It's, this is a very old handout, but you can fill them in if, the, if you wish. Um, there's at least two sides to every story. And if you've counseled people long enough, you will be dumbfounded to find out sometimes there's five sides. You would be, you would be well advised to know what all those sides are before you give a, 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 an answer that's trying to be helpful. One piece of information changes everything. And... Um, that's just something, something to consider. Exercise is good unless it's jumping to conclusions before you know all the facts. I think all of us here could probably think back of a time that you jumped to a conclusion, and boy, you wish you wouldn't have, uh, because the conclusion was wrong. Wrong assumptions lead to miscommunication. And it is so easy to make a wrong assumption Usually after we make a wrong assumption and respond to that wrong assumption, like it's a fact, everything goes downhill in that relationship immediately. And we end up eating a lot of crow and doing some damage in that relationship just, just because we didn't take time to think. Do I have all the facts? Why am I jumping to this conclusion? Should I really be opening my mouth at at this point. Learn to give the benefit of the doubt. Let me say that again. Learn to give the benefit of the doubt. That will save your bacon more times than I can tell you. So somebody tells you something and your flesh and my flesh wants to think the worst of people, not the best. I'm sorry, but our flesh wants to, I got you. Our flesh wants to, a little juicy. I can't believe she did that. He did that. Wow, just think, Pastor Brody did that. It would be wise before we make that statement and wise as those thoughts come through our mind, and if we're honest, they do, that, that I use that list test. I give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Wait a minute, how, how would I want them to think about me? Is this really the character of that person? Do I think I have all the facts? Is, is, do you think there's more there that I don't know that I better, I better research and find out before I make a judgment? And so this is all very important in our communication. Don't answer a matter until you have all the facts. Just because you were asked a question doesn't mean it demands an answer or a statement right at that moment. Jesus often answered questions by asking another question. And we certainly know the famous time when he wouldn't 
answer at all. And so uh, ask questions to discover truth and ask questions. An ask question doesn't demand uh, an, an immediate answer. Um, one of my favorite things to do, so I'm warning you ahead of time. It's amazing the questions that people will ask you, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure you have been asked some questions that you think to yourself, what in the world? And I, I just learned, I just, like to, I just like to smile at the person and say, tell me, why did you, you want to know that? Wow, you ought to see how that changes things. And so that, that's our charge. That's our, that's our command. And um, we, are, we are to do that. So I should ask myself when I'm going to say this, is it profitable? Or maybe I could turn it around the other way. The way I say it, will it be profitable? Uh, there's many different ways to say something. So uh, I should ask myself the question, perhaps, why am I going to say these words? What's my motive? Uh, the, the heart check question. Uh, there are times when I have been asked questions and you have been asked questions when it would be better to discuss that later and say, I'll have to get back with you because you need to go home and get along with the Lord. But because you know there's a bitterness, you know there's a aggravation, what, what, whatever it is, it would just be, it'd be wise that you dealt with that because word problems are, what kind of problems? They're heart problems. And if I can see I already have a heart problem, Worst thing in the world I can do is open my mouth. Amen? I, so we need to be mature enough. That's, that's spiritual maturity to say, I'll have to get back with you. That's grace, giving God an opportunity to work. Uh, I should ask myself, what, will the hearer be built up or helped because I say this? I mean, a lot of things we can say, but what, what will it accomplish? Will it accomplish something? Does it have the potential of accomplishing that for the glory of Christ, pointing them to the Lord, pointing them to truth, lifting them. Remember, I'm to build up, not make a case or win an argument. Listen, in our relationships, it's not competition. I'm not trying to win an argument. If I find myself in that situation and, and, I, and I sense that in my heart, What's the sin issue? Pride. Yes, do you see that? I, if all of a sudden this is a competition, I, I have to have the last say. I, I'm right and she's wrong. Or the other way around. I'm right and he's wrong. Uh, th that's all flown out of the heart. I, I, I'm not ready to have any, any discussion whatsoever. And, and by the way, it may be true. Maybe she is wrong, and maybe I'm right, but if it's that I want to put her in her place, I want to put him in his place, my attitude is still wrong, it still sinks, and I'm still in anything other than a sanctified state to say a word. And, and so, is it going to be profitable is, um, is huge. Number three, is it the best time to say it? A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, but a word spoken in due season, how good is it? And um, even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise. 
that he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Ecclesiastes reminds us there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. And so as I, as I consider uh, those things, is, is this the best time? It may be true. It may need to be said. But is this the right time to say it? That's so important. It's important in parenting. It's, it's important many times to get a child under control. And then once you get them under control later, once they are in control, to be able to sit down in a controlled environment and, and speak truth to them. It's enormously untrue in, in marriages. Uh, it's it's untrue in, in, in employee uh, relationships with boss or supervisors and, and and those that are under is it is this the right time to correct that person um, i mean what's 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 the object is it is it just to put somebody in their place or am i trying to help i'm a believer i live in righteousness and truth and so therefore i should always be trying to lift and help so what's the best time to accomplish it just a reminder there Public praise, private rebuke. Be, be careful about what I'm saying in the, in, in the arena that I'm saying. And understand your natural inclinations, your personality. Guard your weaknesses. Uh, some of us speak way too freely. If that's you, you should know that about yourself. And, and ask the Lord to give you wisdom as to when you ought to shut your mouth. And, and maybe you have a battle with the fear of man. And there's many times you should be bold and the Lord wants you to say something and you refuse to. And, and you should be praying during those times, Lord, give me biblical courage. Uh, and, and most of us are on the scale between those two uh, places one, one way or another. And so be, be aware of that. Be aware of what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and then, then ask the, the Lord to help you. Number four goes right along with what we've already talked about, but is my attitude right? 1 Corinthians 13 probably fits here as, as good as anything. I don't have that on your sheet, but if I speak with a tongue of men and in angels and do not have love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. When I'm going to speak, I ought to be motivated out of love. The love for Christ is shed abroad in my heart, so therefore I love others. and I, I love even if I have to speak the truth to them. It, Needs to be done. It needs to be done in in love, like Ephesians four fifteen. If I see that somebody's even fallen, and, and I believe they need to be restored, well, I, I I need to go and and restore them, attempt to restore them, but I need to go in meekness. Love brings about meekness in my heart. Meekness meaning, if except for the grace of God, directly and through others, I would be fallen rather than that person. And so I, I go with that humility and that heart attitude as I speak and as I try to restore so that I myself don't end up falling. So am I ready to say it in meekness, considering myself least? Saying something may make you feel better, but will it please the Lord with what you've said? You know, so, so often we, we say things, uh, and this is the way we put it, I gave them a piece of my what? My mind. 
So I gave them a piece of my mind, and I feel better, but do they? And actually, it's not ultimately about me or them. What's the Lord think about the piece of my mind that I gave them? I have, and you have, if you're in Christ, the mind of Christ. And that's what we are to give others. Amen? So, is my attitude right? The motive issue. Often we speak to make ourselves feel better rather than speak motivated out of love for others. Number five, are the words I'll use the best possible words? Um, I say best possible. We, we, should, we should consider that. There's so many um, verses on that and so much instruction on that, but we should be considering the words that we're going to use. I, I like that in Ecclesiastes 12. The preacher sought to find acceptable words. Want to use the right words. Acceptable words, they're planned words. They're searched out. I, I'm not just shooting from the cuff. Uh, idle words are spoken without a plan or without good purposes. And, and oftentimes, those are the very words that get us in trouble. Love gives what's needed, but the way it's needed. My countenance is part of my communication. And so I need to realize that. Sometimes it's important if you're going to have a a difficult conversation to somebody to practice in the mirror and look at your face. Um, I remember very um, well being lovingly reproved in this area uh, early on in the ministry. I I have a a tendency to be very intense and particularly... um, intense in a crowd and, it, and, and intense because I'm going from this person to that person and, and the person told me they were afraid of me and I, I was blown away I said I'm a teddy bear how, how could you be afraid of me and they said you don't look like a teddy bear when you're walking around the, the church you, you look like you're angry I, I needed to hear that I needed to hear that it hit me like a lightning bolt. And, and to this day, I'm, I'm continually asking myself, there's a place to be serious. There's a place to be sober. But there is, most of the time, a place to put a smile on your face. Amen? Have you thought about your countenance? Your countenance speaks volumes. Sometimes it's important to let a tear drip down your eye. Sometimes it's important to be able to show a compassion and a broken heart because their heart is broken. Let God break your heart for their heart being broken. And show that in your countenance because that's part of communication. Men especially, I think, have to be careful to be gentle. Careful with the words. Careful with harshness. And it certainly is true with everybody for women as well. But um, I, I think gentleness... What was said of Christ? He said of himself, come unto me. I am meek and gentle. I'm meek and gentle. And, and yes, he could clear out the scribes and the Pharisees 
out of the temple. He could cleanse the temple. He was a man's man. He took everything that man could throw at him besides having the God of heaven put your sins and mine on him, and he bore that. Don't anybody think that Christ wasn't a man's man. He was a man's man like no other man has ever been, and yet he still was meek, and he was gentle, and he was kind, and he was gracious, and he was loving. And in the power of the Spirit, we as men can be and should be that way. I would say be careful of raising false expectations, especially for those that are under you, if you're, if you're parents uh, or if you're an employee, but even between husbands and wives. Be careful with your words that you're not raising an expectation that, um, that in, in their mind and in, and in your mind you, you didn't realize you raised it. That, that causes so many difficulties in, in communication. Um, be careful in your, in your language. Stay away from words like never and always. None of us never and none of us always do anything. So, you know, even when in your frustration, be careful of eliminating that kind of language. Um, I would say lastly on that point, ask yourself, am I making a promise to keep? We, we want to be people that are promise keepers, don't we? Aren't you glad that Jesus has made us a promise? He has, he has promised that if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where you am, I, where I am, you can be also. He's coming again. He's made us promises. We're supposed to be like him. We need to be very, very careful that our word is our bond, that, that we are promise keepers with our children, with our spouses, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and yes, in the workplace, that we... We keep our promises. That's all part of communication. Then six, we can't do any of this if we don't pray about it. Have I prayed about it? Have I genuinely prayed? James chapter 1 and verse 5, I prayed it this morning. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's prayer. Who gives it all, gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. We need to pray that we'll be good speakers. We need to pray about our words. We need to pray about those things that we're going into. Prayer adds balance to communication. Prayer adds boldness to communication where it's needed. Prayer adds blessing to my communication. You ask God to bless the words I'm about to speak to this person. Prayer adds... Um, I don't know what the next word is. I can't even read my own writing, so just skip it. And um, in prayer prevents boasting in my communication, and prayer keeps me from being just boisterous. I don't know why I got on the B train there, but I did. So, um, communication keys. Some great things to consider when we're looking at our words that we might say whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there be any excellence and if there be anything worthy of praise, because we've been dwelling on it, that's what we'll speak. May God help us this week and through this uh, Christmas season to be those kind of people. Amen? God bless you. You are dismissed.